Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Hello, hello, Brother Kapow. This is Freedom Friday, and it's November 17th, 2017. We're just about a week away from Thanksgiving. Yes. I can't wait to have sea bass (laughs) steamed in the dishwasher. (laughs) Remember that? That's nasty. Little Don? Soap? Yeah. Don soap? Soap a dope? Yes. Hey, um, hmm. you have a scripture? We're going to get right into oh, these yes, weird I do. stories of today. The scripture I want to read to everyone is Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 through 48. And it says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Ooh, wow, yucky, wow, wow. Thank you for that word of encouragement. Anytime, Jack. I thought it was. I thought like it should just be all happy, clappy, chasing shiny objects in our crib. What's up with the the the, the <laughs> negativity, man? <gasps> That's how it reads in my Bible. Okay. Well, check this out. This just happened October 25th of this year. Less than a month ago. Yeah. Less wow. than a month ago, this just happened, and we're hearing about it right now. Mm-hmm. And I bet you you're going to hear about it for the first time. You're going to freak out, man. Mm-hmm. Because something quite out of the ordinary has occurred in the skies over Oregon, Ooh. October 25th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oregon. Yes. Here's what happened, I think. A mystery aircraft was flying in daylight hours. Well, flying in daylight hours. Among the steady stream of airliners that traverse from south to north... Between California and Nevada, you know, between Portland, Seattle, stuff like that. The incident began around 4.30 p.m. near the California-Oregon border. Hmm. Yes. A lot. Now, here's the deal. A lot of this stuff just disappears. But this one resulted in multiple pilot eyewitnesses. Also recorded air traffic control audio. And then eventual confirmation from both the FAA and North American Aerospace Command, Command or NORAD. NORAD. Yes. And they confirmed that this event did indeed occur. Mm. Mm. So this isn't your conspiracy stuff. This isn't, you know, you're watching some... Uh, you know, alien guy on YouTube. This happened. And they don't know what it was. So, mm. yeah. Uh, here's here's the deal. It's at, the, the details are kind of sparse. But there are... The guy who wrote this article says, you know, there are... Um, a lot of misconstrued incidents that happen in the skies every day. Mm-hmm. Um, there, ones like uh, where aircraft have inoperable radios or transponders 
And then, you know, they stray into areas they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. So right. it's got like, huh, what's what's this doing here? Right. Uh, sometimes these occurrences result in local fighter jets <laughs> going up there and paying the wayward plane a visit. Right. At the direction of NORAD. But days after initially blowing off the incident, it later began to seem that there was indeed more to the story than just another, what they call a Nordo, private aircraft, or a lackadaisical pilot. Someone that's just kind of flying, yeah. free-floating. <laughs> yeah. Who, what's that actor that uh, keeps crashing his plane? Um, ah! No. He just crashed in California not too long ago. Oh, um, ah, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. I thought you were thinking of a comedian or something. No, Harrison Ford, for some reason, likes to crash his plane and do weird stuff. So apparently this wasn't Harrison Ford. <laughs> and uh, it's so I, there's a lot of people who saw this. So this is a um, this is a statement from a user on Reddit. There was a thread about this. Mm. And apparently this guy is a pilot who says that they were in the sky over the Northwest in the early evening when the incident occurred. Ah. And it, this post came directly after this incident. So here's, here's what he says. He says, just landed in Seattle, coming from the Bay Area, beginning over Southern Oregon. We kept overhearing Seattle Center attempting to track an airplane with no transponder who wasn't talking. Hmm. A handful of crews were able to track it visually. Best they could tell, it was between 35,000 to 37,000 feet. Okay. And it was northbound. Mm-hmm. Nobody close enough to see the type. Last we heard, it was over the William Nett Valley northbound. Now, check this out. He says, fighter, some fighter uh, planes, Mm-mm. perhaps out of Portland International Airport, scrambled to go catch up with this guy wow. see, and see who this was. But the center had trouble tracking it on primary radar. That's odd, huh? So, yeah. So he writes, strange exclamation point. My theory is that they were running drugs to Canada. No news yet. Not that I could find. Mm-hmm. Mm, running drugs to Canada, 37,000 feet. I don't think so. But Fighter yeah. jet scrambling. Yeah. But, you know, because Canada is such a large drug, you know, mm-hmm. capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then there was an update, and I guess this guy called. There's a lot of pilot information here. I don't even know what it is, but he called somebody. And then the gentleman he spoke with said they initially got alerted to the aircraft from Oakland Center, who was painting it on primary, which means they were illuminating, illuminating it with radar, but without transponder information. Hmm. For whatever reason, they couldn't track it themselves on primary, and that's when I overheard them using airline aircraft to track it visually. The last airplane to see it um, had to descend into Portland and lost sight of it. The fighters were scrambled out of PDX or Portland, but flew around for a while, and they didn't find it. And Hmm. that's that, he wrote. So in other words, what happened later on in the article, you'll, you'll find that these fighter jets went up there and these are the most um equipped jets like in the world Mm -hmm. you know they have the best tracking systems the best radar the best equipment the pilots flying these things are like the best trained in the world Mm -hmm. right so they scramble up there and it disappears they can't find it see that's just they can't find it it um it disappeared over the william net valley so what was it? Was it stealth planes from another country? Was it? It definitely was an unidentified flying object. That's for sure because it's unidentified. They keep calling it a plane. They don't know what it was. No one could mm. get close enough to see what it was. But many, many pilots, many people were tracking it. They saw it. There's air control traffic audio about it. They can't hide this one. They can't hide it. See? What was it, Miss? What was it? I am 
what was it? Was it uh, North Korea? Was it the uh, Russians? Very what was it? Yeah, very strange. I don't know. And on that particular vein, there's another story that kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what does it all mean, Elfie? I think it means... They're coming. Yeah. They're, they're coming. They're disclosing themselves. Mm-hmm. That the disclosure is not us disclosing them. They're disclosing themselves. They're the fallen angels. They've been flying. They're prince and, prince and powers of the air. Principalities. Right? Mm-hmm. They've been here since uh, our history. This is from uh, a website called Indy100.com. All the UFO sightings in America in one map. Wow. Once again, this is posted on our Facebook page, Fifth Hook Media. And you can look at this map. It's very interesting. If you look yeah. at this map, it's wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a map of the United States. And it's pretty much all green except for uh, areas near Wyoming. Um, Which is odd because you would think Wyoming would be really dense with these kind of um, sightings because the the, the layout, because it's so flat there. Yeah. Well, I think some of the theories on this is that why there's so many sightings, um, like you see the the East Coast is just packed, packed. is because there's more population there, more people. Okay, so they can hide more. Yeah. So maybe perhaps there is a lot of stuff going on in Casper, Wyoming. There's not that many people that are reporting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll see on the map these dark spaces where there's not reporting. It's it's like Montana, some areas of Montana, Idaho, yeah. mm-hmm. Utah, s- some in Utah. Yeah, you know, I see St. George there, not a whole lot. But you start getting around, um, you know, Arizona, of course, California, Southern California, pack, pack, mm-hmm. pack, pack, pack. Nevada. East Coast is packed. Yeah, Nevada. Very, very interesting. Uh, so, I guess this uh, this team, Adam Crahan, uh, they put together this this map of the U.S. of reported sightings from 1995 to 2014. That's a long time. Yeah, but see, even 14, you're still three hour, three hour, three uh, years away from today. Yeah, that's true. So. There's been a lot of stuff. But what the map shows is a sharp, sharp spike in the recent years of reported contact with, they say alien life, but Mm -hmm. unidentified flying things in the air. Yeah. Let's see. This guy, let's see. It's a a team, Adam Crahan and Cagle. Mm. Cagle. So this Kegel guy crunched some numbers. He shows the majority of sightings take place on a Saturday. Hmm. And the most common time of day is between 9 and 11 p.m. Wasn't that interesting, 9-11? That's a good call. I didn't see that. 9-11 is in there. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good call, Miss Kapow. Thanks. Interesting. Um, and of course, I think, you know, you could look at this and say, you know, Saturday, uh, perhaps more people are out and about on the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, um, nine to 11, you know, that's, you know, they, if people are in the populated areas, they're eating, you know, maybe having some cocktails, you sure. know, they're, uh, enjoying the weekend type of thing. Watching that, television. That could explain, yeah, why they're seeing stuff. Um the map also shows, this doesn't surprise me, that July through January is UFO spotting season in the United States. Hmm. You know, you're going to be outside. If it's hot, you know, you're going to be outside uh, between 9 and 11 p.m. I know we are here in Mesquite, Nevada. Yeah, it's very hot. Dogs. So, yeah, so we're outside at those hours. And then come January, it's a lot cooler, so you're not... You're not outside late. You do your business. Mm. 
Uh, let's see. The data also reveals more and more have been reported since 2009. Perhaps suggesting a new interstellar bypass has been built that brings alien craft closer to Earth. That's stupid. There's, there's nothing to suggest anything outside of the fact that there's stuff being reported in the sky. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. And that's really all you know. Um, there's some theories that it means nothing more than the rise of the internet. Mm-hmm. So it makes reporting sightings easier, easier than it yeah. was in 1990. And I, I can't discount that. I yeah. think that has something to do with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's more data on UFO sightings, including a worldwide series consisting of over 80,000 sightings. That also has been crunched and created by Kegel on their website. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So as usual, the details are hazy when it comes to these sightings and things because... Uh, you just seen some weird stuff in the sky. You don't quite know what it is. There's a lot of strange things going on in the sky. Even when we walk the dogs, we see stuff that's like, what is that? Yeah. I know. Like, what is that? You know, sometimes you see, you know, what I think is a star, you know, and then it moves. <laughs> I still don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. You know, you're, you're looking at either. it and it, it looks like a star. You know, it's there. But then then, not really. Yeah. Because maybe. it's got red and blue. And it's not a plane because it's staying in one place. Yeah. Well, then it actually, you'll just actually see it travel. Mm-hmm. Just, just almost like a satellite or something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's what it is. Very odd. But you see that now and then. Crazy. What our neighbors, was it, uh, it was last month. Last month. That saw, um, correct me if I'm wrong, green. Was it green and red? It was. Red and blue? Uh, red and blue lights. And there was a red one, and then next to it was a blue one, and they were like in um, threes. So there were three red red lights and three blue lights, and they were blinking off and on, and they were moving. But I don't know what. And they were they were in the mountain. They were in the Virgin. Yeah, they was in. They were in the yeah Virgin uh, Mountains um, that you can see from uh, the west side of our house. Yeah, uh, and it's appeared several times, and. Two of our our neighbors have seen that. Yeah. And they, they text us, but we were watching TV or doing something, walking yeah. the dog. I don't know what we were doing, but we didn't get the the messages. And so for two nights, I went out there around the time. Well, they were seeing them around, what, uh, 1030 or 11? Yeah. Same time. So for two nights in a row, I went out there uh, to see if I could see anything. But they weren't revealed to me. No. No. But uh, so they, they did see some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and these are people that are not, they don't, you know, really, they're not real enthused about the science fiction or spiritual things or supernatural things. They kind of poo poo it. So, yeah, everything has a reason and an order, but there's this, yeah, they couldn't explain. But they can't explain this and it's frightening them. Yeah, because it's it's in the mountain where there's no, it's, you know, there's no human up right there. It's really high. Mm -hmm. Um, Strange. Yeah, not so much in the... It could be the sky, but it's like, you know, before the mountain. Very weird. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? If you go out there and look for these things, uh, they will show up, and that's not good. Mm-mm. So don't go out there and try to look for them and want to see them because they'll, they will knock on your door, and um, deception is incredible with these things. So... Yep. If you just happen to be driving by or walking and you see it, you know, whatever. But don't yeah, don't, don't actively, yeah, go UFO or alien hunting because you're going to find a demon. You're going to find a demon in your refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is amazing, Miss Capone. It is, it is. This is from AP News. It's exclusive. Exclusive, AP exclusive. U.S. scientists try first gene editing in the Baltic. Mm-hmm. They made history. They're editing genes, folks. They're creating the Nephilim. <laughs> um, some hybrid uh, people are going to be. 
Well, more hybrid people are going to be coming. We already have. They're trying people. to change permanently, change a person's DNA. Yeah. As they say, to cure disease, but you know, it's something more sinister than that. It's always about the disease at first. Well, that way we would accept it. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, from Oakland, California. Uh, scientists, for the first time in history, have tried editing a gene inside the human body in a bold attempt to permanently change a person's DNA to cure disease. Mm -hmm. This is true. This happened. The experiment was done Monday in Cuckoo, California. Of course. Cuckoo, California. This guy's 44-year-old man, his name is Brian Medu, and he has some kind of disease. I don't know what it is. But he's had a bunch of problems throughout his whole life. It's called Hunter Syndrome. I Mm -hmm. guess it's a metabolic disease. Mm -hmm. And it does all kinds of nasty things to his body. And he's had problems for a lot of years. Yeah. So they picked this guy as the guinea pig. He signed the forms and said, yeah, let's go for it. I'm so miserable. I don't care if I turn into a lizard. You know, (laughs) no meter. So what they did is they did it through an IV. Mm-hmm. Wow. And through this IV, he received billions of copies of a corrective gene and a genetic tool to cut his DNA in a precise spot. So they hope. <laughs> and you know what? You're right. The, the rest of this story is we hope this worked. Mm-hmm. And because once, once they put this into this guy, which they did, there's no Turning correcting back. it. Yeah. Yes. So if he turns into a frog, um, th- th- there's nothing they can do about it. And that's why they had him sign all those waivers. Yes. He's, he's very excited about it, Mr. Madhu. Mm-hmm. And he had this metabolic disease. Now, this is not supposed to correct his past problems, but hopefully help his future issues is what they're mm-hmm. saying. And uh, anyway, it says the signs of whether it worked are going to come probably, you know, within months. Mm. To, they'll have to take tests to see if this stuff even worked. So if he turns into a frog or a monkey, I think you could probably say it didn't work mm-hmm. or a zombie where he starts biting people's faces or whatever. It probably didn't work. Uh, if it's successful, though, it mm-hmm. could give a major boost to the fledgling field of gene therapy. Yes. Right? Scientists have edited people's genes before. That's not new. Mm-mm. They've altered cells in the lab, and then they take those altered cells and then return them back to the patients. Mm-hmm. They've done that. There's also gene therapies that don't involve editing DNA. Remember CRISPR and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. They've been Mm -hmm. doing that. But this is the first time they've actually tried it within the body, not in the lab. Yeah. Through an IV. It's very bold. (laughs) It is. Think about those implications through an IV. How many needles do people get poked with throughout the year? You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to the doctor... A lot in that system. Well, and then they have a genetic tool that actually cuts the DNA. So that that tells me it's some kind of a robotic thing that's floating in your body. I know. How? how, I know. You know, some foreign thing. And what what if your body wants to fight it or reject it? I know. I mean, yeah, billions of corrective DNA and a tool that splices his DNA... At the right spot. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, way beyond my pay grade, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, but they say some of these methods can only be used for a few types of diseases. Some give results that may not last. Some others supply a new gene, kind of like a spare part, but can't control where it inserts mm. the DNA. So these things possibly cause... A new problem like cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's been incidents of that where See. they get 
cancer from this. So, but this time what they did, the gene tinkering is happening in a precise way inside the body. So they say it's like sending a mini surgeon along to place the new gene in exactly the right location. See, there was a movie like this a long time ago, remember? Where these, these scientists were like in these little um, space um, crafts, uh-huh. really small, and they would go into this person's body and change things. Yeah. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it is kind of like that. And of course, mm-hmm. I, and I, have, I agree with you on this. It can't be some, I mean, I don't know if it can't be. I mean, I don't, it's, like I said, it's way beyond me, but. It doesn't seem like it would be some chemical thing. It, is it a robotic thing? Is it a, is it a nanobot that goes in there and that's what it sounds like? To cuts me. the DNA right at because it the, has to think. Wow! Yeah, how would it? You know, I mean, it has to read something to to for it to go. Oh, this isn't right. I need to. Yeah, at the, at this point, get yeah, that's, rid of it. Wow. Um, here's what they say. This is a quote. We cut your DNA, open it up, insert a gene, stitch it back up, invisible mending. Hmm. That's by Dr. Sandy McRae. McRae. I know you want to call her uh, Macabre, but it's <laughs> McRae. And she's the president of San Gamo Therapeutics. It's a California company. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're the one testing this for two metabolic diseases and hemophilia. Mm. So she says it becomes part of your DNA, and there it is for the rest of your life. See, I don't know. Now, what? Now, my question is: What happens if this this gentleman then reproduces offspring? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Is that does that editing that gene editing now um in his kids yeah yeah you can see you can see where it's going Mm -hmm. um so she says there's what this means is there's no going back yeah there's no way to erase any mistakes the editing might cause Mm -hmm. this other guy dr eric topol of the scripts Translational Science Institute in San Diego, California. He says, you're really toying with Mother Nature. You think? Yes. And he says, and the risks can't be fully known, but the study should move forward. You know why? Because these are incurable diseases. Yeah. So what do you got to lose? What are you going to lose? The risk can't be fully known. basically what they're saying. Yeah. But we can't be cured anyway. You're going to be screwed anyway. So you might as well take some chances. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Now, they do say protections are in place to help ensure safety. Sure. Animal tests were very encouraging. Probably not to the animals that they tested. Yeah, of course not. You know, you might find one of those in your backyard one day. So if you mm-hmm. see this lizard, dog, bear thing. Well, yeah, because, you know, lately they've been they've been spotting these animals that don't look like animals. So they're thinking, oh, what are these things? You know, something from, you know, prehistoric times. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, these are the the the, the experiments you guys have been working on. That that Dr. Moreau's Island mm-hmm. type of thing. I truly believe that. I know. They got to really go do. somewhere. Yeah. So he, this this guy says uh, gene editing's promise is too great to ignore so there's risk it's very dangerous i mean he says this so far there's been no evidence but he says um it's it could be dangerous but now's not the time to get scared we gotta go forward because it's not his body <laughs> yes yeah, his body or his family's body mm-hmm. it's some uh, poor schmuck with hunter's disease okay um anyway it goes on and on but kind of um kind of scary stuff Mm-hmm. Kind of scary stuff. Apparently, they did this before, and people have uh, then got cancer and other things because they haven't quite perfected it. So it's not CRISPR. They this that's this is different. They've actually inserting this through a um, IV. Yeah, which is absolutely amazing to insert this plus the little robotic or whatever the surgeon to cut it. 
Um, I guess it's like a virus that they they insert in these billions of of copies of DNA into the veins. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole vaccine premise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. That your fi- body actually has to fight off. But here it says like there's weekly um, IV doses of the missing enzyme that can ease, sim- but the uh, ease sim- some of the symptoms of this. Uh-huh. But the cost is like a hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. And it doesn't prevent brain damage. So if you can do this uh, DNA thing, hey, you can save a lot of money. What could go wrong? Safety issues plague some earlier gene therapies. One worry is that the virus might provoke an immune system attack. In 1999, an 18-year-old man died in a gene therapy study from that problem. But the new studies use a different virus. That's proved much safer in their experiments. Oh, dear God. These um, people are just something else, aren't they? They are. They really are. It's um, it's just too tempting to play God, isn't it? Uh, another worry is that inserting a new gene might have unforeseen effects on other genes. And that happened years ago when researchers used gene therapy to cure some cases of the immune system disorder called bubble boy disease. Mm-hmm. And yeah, several, when they don't have an immune system, so they have to be encased. Yes. Um, didn't John Travolta play Bubble Boy? Yeah. Several patients later developed leukemia because of because of the new gene inserted. Mm. Right? Yeah. So the new gene inserted into a place in the native DNA where it unintentionally activated a cancer gene. Mm-mm. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, so... Anyway, you got you got these issues here, but that's that's what they're doing. Why why we're all asleep? Or we're all playing with our new iPhone tens. That's what's going on. So, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's see. Let's take a commercial break, and then we're going to talk about some zombies. All right. Yeah, I love zombies. All right, we'll be back. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. FifthHookMedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit FifthHookMedia.com. That's F I F T H O O K Media.com. Remember, that's FifthHookMedia.com. F I F T H O O K. Kapow! What's up, yo? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm done, yo. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. We are back with the little Kapow guy yelling. Yeah, he yelled in your ear. He yelled in my ear. It hurt. I need gene therapy. Kansas City Star Mm -hmm. reports on this bizarre Flocka Alpha PVP case of zombieism. That stuff is so nasty, that flocka. Yes. The scientific name is called Alpha PVP. So if you're walking down the street and somebody goes, hey, dude, do you want to buy some Alpha PVP? Just say say no. no. Say no. Or don't say PVP or PCP. Don't do that. Mm -mm. Okay. Naked people. Naked people. Right there, that's enough to make you want to... Say no. Yeah. Barf. Naked people rampage through this Missouri town and they're barking. (laughs) They're barking and they're showering in soda water. Alrighty then. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. This was written. mm -hmm. November 12th. Thank you. November 12th. So just last week. 
Last weekend got downright bizarre, they say, in the eastern Missouri town of Sullivan. Hmm. And the police know why. Four people went on a rampage. They were barking. They were yelling. They were breaking into buildings. They were stripping off their clothes. They were showering in soda water. Wow. And the police, being the expert investigators that they are in Sullivan, suspect that synthetic drug of Flaka is behind the zombieism. Here's what Police Lieutenant Patrick Johnson told the Sullivan Independent News. He said, We had multiple incidents <laughs> past weekend. People on some weird kind of substance acting out of their minds. Mm -hmm. Barking like dogs. Mm -hmm. Running up down the street. Mm -hmm. Or other farm animals. You got it. Entering people's homes, uh -huh. breaking into a business. You got it. Yelling outside of yokel businesses. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bridget. <laughs> so that's what he says. So the drugs have not yet been tested, but the popo, they believe the users mixed, and I think this is a fantastic mixture. What a great cocktail to just open yourself of, up to uh, demonic possession and total mental insanity definitely they mixed methamphetamine yep. with flaca mm -mm -mm. really <sighs> so you remember the whole florida stories you know the, yes. the face eaters and all stuff so mm -hmm. this stuff flaca i mean hit hard in florida tennessee kentucky ohio and now these uh states like missouri in Kansas City, stuff like that. They're kind of worried about the rash of emergency room visits and overdose deaths. Yep. Yeah. So Alpha PVP, Flaca, it has a similar chemical makeup to other drugs commonly known as bath salts. Mm-hmm. All right. It typically comes in a white or pink crystalline form and is foul smelling. So... Don't drink something, don't eat something that smells foul. Yeah. That's why you have a nose <laughs> to smell that stuff. If it smells foul, don't consume it. Exactly. Because this stuff can be eaten, it could be snorted, it could be injected or vaporized in a, uh, you know, a vape, mm -hmm. electronic cigarette junk. Chimney. So there's a lot of ways it could be, you know, given. So you definitely don't want that mixed into your food or drinks or something like that. Mm -mm. Yeah. So anyway, they went crazy and they act like a bunch of zombies and they are zombies and now they're, they're nuts. So they mix that with meth. Now, I don't get how you could think that's a good high. I know it. I mean, you know, how you think, oh, let's get stoned. Let's take some drugs. How is that a good high? I I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, artificial intelligence. You know, folks, it's a big thing. AI. It's on the rise. Robots are taking over. Skynet. They are. Skynet's coming alive. It is. It is. There's a T-800 mm -hmm. in, uh, in my town. I saw him. He says, Sarkana. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the gym. No, but this is uh, some interesting stuff. Very dangerous. It is. There's privacy fears over artificial intelligence as a crime stopper. Mm. What? It's kind of like the medical stuff. It's always used for your benefit. Yeah. They keep you safe. We're going to find your dog. And if your kid wanders off or you're a crazy old man, you know, uh, you know we, can f we can find him. Your sick parent. Yeah, your sick parent. This is the, um, the police in Delaware. 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 The Popo of Delaware. They're poised, okay? Picture all these cops just poised. Poised. They're poised to deploy smart cameras and cruisers to help authorities detect a vehicle carrying a fugitive, a missing child, or a strained senior. See? Yeah. They would never use it to abuse. Of course not. That would be unethical. Yeah. The video feeds 
will be analyzed using artificial intelligence. Wow. To identify vehicles by license plate or other features. Mm. Mm. You talk about profiling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Other features. Yeah, there was a Mexican dude driving a 57 Chevy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to be stopped. You gonna drive around San Marino? (laughs) Come on. Let's see. Other features. I wonder what that is. So anyway, the the AI is gonna give an extra set of eyes to Mm. officers on patrol. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And this is supplied by a company called Coban Technologies. Hmm. And here's what they say: We are helping officers keep their focus on their jobs. Um, he calls it a dash cam on steroids. <laughs> the program is part of a growing trend to use vision-based AI to thwart crime and improve public safety, a trend which has stirred concerns among privacy and mm-hmm. civil liberty activists who fear the technology could lead to secret profiling and misuse of data. Yep. Say it isn't so. Mm-hmm. U.S.-based startup Deep Science is also using the same technology, but to help retail stores detect in real time, folks, if an armed robbery is in progress. And, you know, by identifying guns or masked assailants. You know why? Because humans can't do that. If if you're a human and and you're behind a two-way mirror because, you know, you're hired to be, you know, uh, loss prevention... Mm-hmm. You you can't recognize a guy with a mask and a gun. No. Nope. What are you gonna do? You need a robot. Yep. You need a robot. That way you can go get a donut, drink some coffee, coffee, coffee. Right? Uh, let's see. The technology can monitor for threats more efficiently at a lower cost than human security guards. You know why? Because according to Deep Science, a common problem is that security guards get bored. So they don't do their jobs. But a robot never gets bored. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's what they said. Until recently, most predictive analytics relied on inputting numbers and other data to interpret trends. But these advances in visual recognition, they're now being used to detect firearms, specific vehicles, or individuals Mm -hmm. to help law enforcement and private security Recognize, interpret the environment, right? Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Don't. Uh, That's some scary, scary, scary stuff, yeah. though. Really, it is. Yeah. I know. Uh, he says, they say this, the same computer vision technologies are used for self-driving vehicles, which the first self-driving bus here in Las Vegas was out, what, five minutes or 10 minutes before it crashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some dude he's some dude in the garbage truck or something backed up into it and it didn't know what to do it didn't know how to go backwards or honk its automatic horn you know back to the drawing board with that one i guess well what i was reading i guess they said uh, it's kind of like on hold now for a while yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it really seriously it only been out on the road for about 10 minutes before it got in a wreck <laughs> Um, Someone's crying over some spilt milk. I oh tell you that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and there's a lot of money and a lot of a lot of dreams just went up there because uh, you know Bubba there mm-hmm. <laughs> backed up his trash truck. You know mm-hmm. he's probably in trouble. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm backing up. There's that thing that goes beep beep beep, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So humans go, oh, oh, I need to put this in reverse. I need to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. But robots go can. they're trying to do visual recognition and they can't figure it out you know but yeah they're smart they're smarter than us right yeah uh let's see so anyway that's that's uh what's going on also uh with your dna being spliced you have artificial intelligence doing crime stoppers yes it's got some folks very upset now i would like to see artificial intelligence in churches and here's Hear me out, Ms. Powell. You got robots, right? Mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. computers behind the pulpit, behind the pastor. And their gaze, every, I'm talking every face, man, woman, child, baby. 
that comes into the congregation. And then you analyze whether they dug into their wallet and gave at offering time, you know? Mm -hmm. And if they didn't give at offering time, are they, then you have to analyze, are they giving online? Yeah. Are they giving through PayPal? Mm -hmm. Are they, are they clicking an app and giving to the church? And if they're not doing any of those things through analytics or physically putting in the offering plate, then the robot ushers come in, grab them, and literally boot them out of the house of God <laughs> for not supporting the ministry. Exactly. Business mm-hmm. slash, yeah. Huh. You watch, it's coming. It's coming. Somebody's going to take my idea. If you thought of it, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh huh. And then they're going to make a movie about it, one of those Christian movies, yeah. where the AI <laughs> usher goes amok. <laughs> he starts like booting out people who actually did give. Oh, um, and then they, they that's have to not fight. Good. Yeah, they have to fight for their lives. They're throwing Bibles and, you know, wafers at them, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. It can happen. It can happen. It hasn't happen. happened yet, but it can happen. <laughs> here's here's our final story. This one, um, I, I do have to chuckle because really? Um, here's here's the best news. This is retarded. This is from USA Today. Um, if you're here in America, you're just this is good news for you. Because our our army, the US Army lifts its band on waivers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for recruits with a history of Wait, some <laughs> of some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it again. Our army lifts ban on waivers for recruits that are bat crap crazy. Well, these flock up people. <laughs> Yeah. Give them a There's helmet. hope now for them. Give them a gun. Let's train them to be killers. Let's send them out back in society. Let's watch what happens. Maybe the robots, maybe the AI can can do facial recognition on these guys before they kill mm, more than 100, 200 people. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. So the army will now allow recruits with a history of some, okay, not all, come on, folks, let's be realistic, of some mental health conditions mm-hmm. to seek waivers to join the service. And here's why this is happening. You know why? Because no one is volunteering oh. for, the, uh, for the service. Okay. Yeah. People with a history of self-mutilation. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm written. This is... <laughs> well... <laughs> Soldier, what are you doing, soldier? I'm cutting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mutilating myself. <laughs> Freeze! People with a history of self-mutilation. And bipolar. Bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Depression. Yeah, like going to war and military isn't depressing enough. No, that's good times, man. It'll get your mind off it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drug and alcohol abuse. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now they can seek waivers, okay, to join the army under an unannounced. Unannounced. Unannounced policy enacted in August. Now well, they're desperate, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're desperate for some soldiers. And this is according to documents obtained by USA Today. The decision... To open army recruiting to those with mental health conditions comes as the service faces challenging goals of recruiting 80,000 new soldiers through September 2018. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. We got to get 80,000 new soldiers through September 18, and we can't do it. Um, to meet last year's goal of 69,000. The army accepted more recruits who fared poorly on aptitude tests. Well, does that surprise anybody? No. They also increased the number of waivers granted for marijuana use. Does that surprise anybody? Mm. 
and they offered hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars in bonuses mm-hmm. to these pieces of junk. That's what they are. This is junk. Junk. Uh, this church, this this shooter who shot up the church, who uh, who got a dishonorable discharge from the Air Force, mm-hmm. spent a year in the brig for uh, cracking the skull of his stepson and beating the heck out of his wife and just nuts. Went to a church, killed a bunch of people. Um, this is the kind of guy that gets in now into the army. You know, mm-hmm. some mental issues. So, so you're telling me you're going to get these guys, you're going to train them, mm-hmm. right? You're going to give them a job. You're going to spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars of taxpayer money and bonuses for these idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, their medical, you know, housing, all this stuff, their, their benefits. And then you're, you know, going to, you're going to arm them. You're going to teach them how to kill, maybe even send them out to a war and they survive. And then they're going to come back. And everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. They're going to be just fine. Because before they used to use drugs and marijuana and dope, cut themselves, bipolar, you know, walk around telephone poles yelling at each other, you know, (laughs) or themselves. Um, We just saw a guy today just talking to himself in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Just all by himself. Conversation. He he was like, he looked like a fat Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Um, I told Linda, I says, um, he's probably highly intelligent. But he was looking at his um, smart device mm-hmm. in public at a restaurant, wearing a long black leather trench coat like the Matrix. Yep. And he was just talking and upset. Oh, yeah. At this device and going, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> this is bull. This is not insane. What? And he's just going off all by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little strange duck. Yeah, I had to position myself I can keep an eye on the, the young fella. Harmless enough, but I wouldn't want to have him uh, get a gun mm-hmm. or two. I'm yeah. just saying. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. You never saw stuff like that in our little town a couple yeah. of years ago, but uh, you're seeing more and more of this stuff. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more vagrants too. Yeah. Just very disheartening. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's bringing them in outside of that marijuana was legaled. Legaled. Marijuana was legalized in uh, the state, and we do have a dispensary. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that mm-hmm. changed, because yeah. um, the social services, as far as I know, haven't changed here. Mm-mm. And uh, But there's a lot more vagrants, um, a lot more uh, the kind of people I see in Hemet. But anyway, a lot more here. And uh, the only thing I can think of is the, the marijuana industry. I don't know. Anyway, expanding the waivers for mental health is possible in part because the Army now has access to more medical information about each potential recruit. Mm -hmm. This spokeshole for the Army said, the Army issued the ban on waivers in 2009 amid amid an epidemic of suicides among troops. Wow. So they, so let me get this right. Before 2009, they were recruiting people with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. These people were getting into a situation of extreme discipline and order, right? Yeah. They had to obey. Too and then much they, stress. Yeah, too much stress. They couldn't take it, so they were killing themselves. Mm-hmm. So then they said, hmm. we're going to ban these kind of people because it's not a fit. But now because they need to make 80000 by September 2018, we're going to let them in. Because all we have to do is get 80,000 live people. If 90,000 of them, you know, die, you know, that's okay. Mm -hmm. We're not looking at the back numbers, just the the forward numbers. Yeah, this is where they get their money. (sighs) Wow. So, he says, they have more records that are readily available. And these records allow Army officials to better document applicant medical histories. Mm Mm-hmm. But accepting recruits with those mental health conditions in their past carries risk, according to somebody who's a psychiatrist who retired from the Army as a coinal Coinal. in 2010 
And this person's also an expert on waivers for military service. So they probably Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. They say people with a history of mental health problems are more likely to have those issues resurface than those who do not. Hmm. It's a red flag, she said. The question is, how much of a red flag is it? Well. Oh, wow. Now, bipolar disorder can be kept under control with medication. How many times have you heard about somebody who's off their meds (laughs) yeah it's keeping them on their meds that's 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 the problem problem. now if we can get artificial intelligence to keep them on their meds you know or or you know modify their edit their dna okay but until then uh yeah sometimes they don't take meds self-mutilation that's where people slash their own skin with sharp instruments it may signal deeper mental health issues. Really? Yeah. That's mm. according to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders. Published by the American Psychiatric Association. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I didn't have to go to school to, to agree with that. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't have to get a, a doctorate degree in a psychology to go, yeah, I think that would might be, yeah, that, I did what they said. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Self-mutilation occurs in a military setting. It could be disruptive for a unit. <laughs> you, think, <laughs> you think? I think that's that could be for anything. Family. <laughs> yeah. Relationships. <laughs> you know, it's not good at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-mm. And it's certainly not good in the, in the Middle East, right in the middle of a war, you know, or you're fighting the North Koreans and they're coming yeah. over the hill. And your right? life depends on that soldier. Yeah. Yeah. And you turn it around and you're going, push the button, man. <laughs> Clark pushed the button and he's like, dude, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I'm like so cut up right now. And uh, yeah. No, not good. Uh, you know, here's what they say. A soldier slashing his or her own skin could result in blood on the floor. <laughs> I, I don't make it up. That's what they say. The assumption of a suicide attempt and the potential need for medical evacuation from a war zone. Okay. Okay. These are geniuses. These are the smart ones. Okay. Here's here's a legacy of problems. This ought to be good. Accepting recruits with poor qualifications could cause problems. Okay. Okay. Here's some examples. In 2006, an Iraqi girl was raped and her family killed by U.S. soldiers, mm. one of whom required waivers for minor criminal activity. And poor educational background to join the army. Dear Lord. Wow. You know that was glossed over. Mm-hmm. What is this? What does this mean? Exactly. Minor criminal activity. In my mind, minor criminal activity means I stole a chocolate bar at Walmart when I was six. Yeah. That's minor. Or I got a traffic ticket for running some red lights or, you know, mm-hmm. when I was That's minor. Yeah. But what is their definition of minor? Attempted rape? Yeah. That raped and killed the family. Raped a girl and killed a family. And then poor educational background? What does that have to do with being crazy? I know it. Uh, Memos and documents obtained by USA Today outline the hurdles that a potential recruit must clear to join the Army. Uh, let's see. Guidance for screening potential recruits with histories that include self-mutilation make clear that the applicant must provide appropriate documentation to obtain the waiver. According to a September memo, those requirements include a detailed statement from the applicant. I won't do it no more. <laughs> Medical records. <laughs> I, I was like, evidence from an employer if the injury was job-related how could it, how could it be job related? Well, I was so stressed out at KFC that I had to cut myself because <laughs> I got blood on the chicken. Oh, photos submitted by the recruiter in a psychiatric evaluation and quote unquote clearance. Sheesh. Bam! All we need is seventy nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Right? Mm-hmm. Let them in. Oh, let's see. Slides for military officials who screen recruits show examples of people whose arms, legs, and torsos have been scarred by self-mutilation. For all waivers, one memo states, the burden of proof is on the applicant to provide a clear... 
The notorious case for why a waiver should be considered. That's what a, a hard word. What a but it is. What a bunch of goggly gook. Mm-hmm. It is. Don't gonna let them in. They just this they, is just for us to go. Oh yeah, they they have these strict guidelines for these people. But yeah, it, it looks like it looks like to me reading this. All the the guy has to do is come and say, "Well, I used to do that. I'm not gonna do it no more. I'm over yeah. it. I got mad serving chicken, so I took some." Uh, you know, grease, and I cut myself, and you know, and put some grease on it because I was mad at my boss. But I'm not doing that no more. Give me a yeah. gun, please. G- please give me a gun and, t- and teach me how to kill people. Yeah. Oh my lord. Because that'll make me a better person. Yeah, and guess what? There's an unknown number of waivers <laughs> because the army did not respond to a question of how many waivers, if any, have been issued since the policy has been changed in August. See, and you know that's retarded because they count everything. They're bean counters. They have to count it because they need eighty thousand. So they have they have to count everything. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In the fiscal year twenty seventeen, active duty army recruited sixty nine thousand soldiers. And only 1.9% belong to one is known as Category 4. I like that. Hi, I'm Category 4. That means I'm crazy. That refers to troops who score in the lowest category on military aptitude tests. In 2016, 0.6% of Army recruits came from Category 4. So, this year, (laughs) 1.9. Last year, only 0.6. Wow. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. The Pentagon mandates that uh, the services accept no more than 4% of recruiting classes from Category 4. No more than 4% of them could be bat crap crazy. Okay? (laughs) Because we have the finest fighting machine in the world. What the? Wow, what happened to our universe here? When, When did this all change? In addition, waivers for marijuana use... Illegal while in uniform. Uh-huh. It jumped from 191 in 2016 to guess how many this year? How many? 506. <laughs> 191 waivers for smoke and dope last year to 506 this year. Wow. Because eight states have legalized recreational marijuana, so who's not going to smoke it? Exactly. Smoke it. Give me a gun. Wow. Recruiting, ge- recruiting generally is more challenging for the services when the economy is strong. <laughs> you know why? Because when you're not cutting yourself and smoking dope and on bipolar meds, well, you're working as a rocket scientist. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to join the service because you're making rockets. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> What the? It's insanity. What, but are we stupid? Yeah. They think we're stupid. We're not stupid. The army has responded by offering more bonuses to those who are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're going to get an iPhone 10. You'll be able to take your picture and do weird things with it. Um, and we're going to have an Amazon gift card for $50. Oh, Lord. And you like Regal Theaters because we got a year's Regal Theater. And free popcorn. Jerry, free popcorn, right? In the fiscal year 2017, our army paid out. And this is great right around tax time. So when you when you realize you pay your taxes here. This is where it's going to. People. And you realize that you're paying out a whole lot of money and not keeping a whole lot that you've earned. (laughs) When you realize that, just keep in mind, $424 million in bonuses went to bat crap crazy people (laughs) in the army. (laughs) And that was up from 284 million last year. Well, yeah, in 2014, it was only 8.2 million. million. (laughs) 2014. And some recruits can qualify for a bonus of $40,000. And when you're cutting yourself and smoking marijuana and bipolar, bipolar, 40 grand sounds really good. Give me a raffle. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess they're planning a big war. Are these <laughs> is category four the expendables or what? I mean, what are they doing with these with this stuff? Come on, come on! You need intelligent people to. Yeah. What What's going on? What What? what 80, why do we need eighty thousand? I mean, we got robots. The These armies, are the expendables. I think basically, so. I, I you know, think, what I mean, they just need bodies out there. Yeah, so they're not they're, they're not going to come back to society. I guess they're not coming Mm-mm. back. Is that what the deal is? Yeah, um, that's the way I look at it. They don't care about these guys. No, they don't. The army's decision to rescind the ban for a history of mental health problems is in part a reaction to its difficulties in recruiting. See, the smart ones are going, uh-uh, I don't believe in it. Well, yeah. And yeah. so they need people and who better than the ones that are going, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got none They don't have the on. mental capacity to, to, you know, do critical thinking. No. And they just want things for free, so. Hey. Yeah, you know, up to 40 grand and, you know, an Amazon gift card and, you know. And, you know, free popcorn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can download songs from iTunes. That's great. They're widening their pool of applicants. Gosh, can you imagine if our local police departments, and a lot of them, see, local police departments have problems recruiting also because it's harder to harder to find clean squared away men and women yep hey where i worked it was pretty easy to get in yeah where yeah where linda worked and i won't mention the name rialto police department in california Mm -hmm. um yeah it was known that if you got fired from somewhere you could probably get a job there yeah we we hired people with criminal records yeah you did and the reason why is nobody in their right mind would want to work in that city it was a cesspool it was a cesspool in and out. So, you know, nobody that actually went to college and got a BA in criminal justice or English and had a good job and stable, you know, history of income, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to go to LAPD and LA Sheriff, Long Beach, you know. And we uh, lost a lot of good cops because yeah. of that, too. Well, yeah, they, they would blame them. They don't want to work with. Mm-mm. They'd come they in and do them. their, you know, their year training. They get certified by the state, and then they would lateral over mm-hmm. to a to a better police department. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's it's always been a big big problem. Even in Riverside, we had a hard time recruiting quality people. And if you, we had these marijuana standards back then, mm-hmm. and it was really really difficult to find somebody honestly who had never smoked dope. So you know you had to ease that up. But at what point do you stop? Yeah. You know, uh, well, yeah, when I was younger, I went to rave parties. I did cocaine and, you know, ecstasy. Ah, you know, where 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 do you stop? So it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And you still get crazy. And if you're not crazy, you know, getting hired, you know, in a couple of years, the job makes you nuts. So, uh, yeah, that's a problem. But come on, man, mental illness. I mean, yeah. known cutting. Wow. Yeah. I just don't. I just... I don't think it's a good idea. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. And on that note, ciao, babies. Good night.